The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the X-Zone, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, and on... Simul TV. If you would like to uh, send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, exxon Radio TV. And to find out about the programming we have available for you, the members of the exxon Nation around the world, uh, 724-365, visit www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour is Maureen McGill, and Maureen is in the Pacific Northwest. And um, two websites I'm going to give you up first before we start talking to our guests this hour. The first one is babyitsyou.org or livefromtheotherside.com. Joining me now is Maureen McGill. And Maureen, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you so much for having me on today. Thank you. Hey, it's great having you. Uh, you and I had a few laughs before we went on air. You know, we were talking about the weather. We were talking about Sasquatch. And uh, let's get a little serious now, if, if you can imagine that. Let's talk about your book, Baby, It's You, <laughs> Messages from Deceased Heroes. You know, it's, it's a beautiful little collection of several stories about messages from our loved ones who have passed out over. And these are messages from widows who have lost their heroes in war or stateside accidents or somehow related to uh, military uh, military deaths. Right. And it's this beautiful love uh, message of how they met mm-hmm. in this world and then how they meet now. We're... So, you know, after mm-hmm. his passing, she may hear his voice, she may smell him, yeah. she might feel his touch, she might have a dream about him. So that's how the messages come. It's really quite beautiful. Where did your interest in the paranormal come from? You know, I was a dance professor in my career at the university for 38 years, Mm -hmm. and I always believe that this awareness extends beyond the body. When we're dancing, we can sense that person next to to us without even looking. We can sense the person behind us. And I always thought, you know, there's got to be, there's something more to this whole awareness. And I started to do an investigation with the International Association of Near-Death Studies. Right. And, you know, these people, of course, flatlined and gone over, and then they've come back. And it's a science that mixes science and spirituality together. And that's kind of what validated it for me. And then I thought, you know what, I am so interested in this work and started to choreograph some some work that was about grief and sorrow and war, and then all of a sudden I just started to write about it. So I made the first book called Live from the Other Side. Yes. And those are a series of messages from loved ones who have passed over, um, brothers, sisters, family members that have passed over, and then it's a message that they give back to their loved ones. And then on the second book I decided to go a little bit farther and focus on our military heroes and widows and, and to see what their you know their experiences have been. How did you collect these messages, or as some people call them, winks from the other side? You know, I collected them basically through word of mouth. It was like one widow would tell another widow. Mm-hmm. And what had happened here is, you know, the press wants to know how they died, how are the families doing, how are the kids, and what's yeah. happening. And the widow just wanted to tell me, Maureen, 
I had this dream about him and it was so real. You know, it was just like he was in the room or I could, you know, smell him or the kids saw him standing on the porch, you know, and they were, were going off to school one day. So they, they wanted to tell me these stories. And I thought, you know what, this would make a sweet little story to have the love story, how these couples meet and how this love really continues, you know, that in the is, afterlife. That is truly a wonderful thing that you've done. You know, because so many people have broken hearts. So many people have, you know, have unfinished business. And if you can help these people understand that there is something more to than existence than we understand, and using these stories, I, I think you're you're bridging that gap. You know, it helps us to know that love is eternal, you know. We kind of sometimes dismiss these experiences mm-hmm. that we have uh, from our loved ones from the other side. We think, well, because we can't see them, you know, it's just that it's over. When it's over, it's over. But yeah. you know what? It really isn't. You know, and these experiences are so universal, different cultures. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean, you know, one culture or one one religious maybe uh, affiliation that people might have. It's not, it's not connected to that at all. I just think it is a universal experience that once we expand our awareness, as you know, you know, working with metaphysical authors yes. quite often that uh, this energy exists, you know. How does spirit connect with those deceased soldiers in your book? Well, you know, spirit connects in different ways. One is the song. When these couples were alive, you know, mm-hmm. they had a song, which was their song. I don't know if oh, you yeah. had that with your relationships, but it, it's a song that was their song. Yeah. And so many times that song will come on the radio at the weirdest places mm-hmm. or in the elevator at the strangest times, and it's like their song. Their song connects to them. So songs and, and vibration of music is one way that, that it can that it connect. And then another way would be the sense of smell. Sometimes she'll actually smell his deodorant or his aftershave lotion, you know. Mm-hmm. Or um, maybe uh, she can sense his touch, you know. Oh, my gosh, she said, I thought, you know, he actually touched my finger or touched my hand. And then she might sense that, you know, she felt his kiss at one point. Yeah. So there's different ways that, you know, they connect. Sometimes they connect in the room where the light comes on and off or... The television comes on at the station that he he's always watched the television mm-hmm. program, you know, and that, that particular program comes on and she wasn't even near the remote. Or, you know, the caller ID comes on the phone and that phone was already disconnected. You know, it's like, how does that message get through? So we le- electronics are another way that the message can come through. Different ways, you know, that it kind of permeates this vibration over here. Have kind you of interesting. Have you yourself had an experience of this kind? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I said, have you had an experience yourself of the afterlife communication type? You know, um, I've had one experience uh, myself that was pretty darn clear to me. Mm -hmm. I was on my way to the university, and uh, my father had just passed, maybe within the past, in the year uh, previous to that. And my dad was a salesman in Chicago, and he traveled 60 miles just to go to work, but he you know, traveled all the time he was in his car. Anyway, I was on my way to the university in the late afternoon, and I was driving along the waterfront here in the Tacoma area, and um, there was this beautiful group of gals that were in front of me in an SUV, and there were these soldiers that were running along the waterfront. And in my mind's eye, I thought, oh, don't get distracted, girls, you know, from those fellows that are running over there. And as soon as I had that thought in my mind's eye, they slammed their brakes on (laughs) And uh, there I went right into the uh, into the uh, back of their car, Ooh. and when I did that, I heard my dad's voice in the back of the car say, pump your brakes, pump your brakes, which is something, you know, he would have done. Sure. And, you know, Rob, I just kind of went, I don't even care about this impact. I just heard my dad in the back seat, <laughs> and I just turned around, and sure enough, I mean, I didn't see him, but that was his voice. I know that was yeah. his voice, you know, so that was one, that was probably the most valid experience that I had for myself. Now, earlier you said that there were stories where children had seen their, uh, their, their, their dad who had passed. How often do you get stories from children? You know what? I didn't collect many stories mm-hmm. from children. I, I just received some of the messages through these widows, but I, I know that children have that bi- vibration that's more open sometimes to see the other side. And I had to do some analyzing about this to figure out why are kids, you know, maybe more receptive. And I kind of thought about this. When you get these stories from these loved ones who have died, you will often 
uh, hear the image that they look much younger, that yes. they, you know, that they don't have the wounds anymore, and they're not sick anymore, and their vibration is quite vibrant, you mm-hmm. know. And I also I kind of wrap that up around children because their vibration is fast and it's young and it's open, you know. And maybe because they have that fast vibration, they can connect to the other side, which is that side that's maybe more healing. But you know, the more you know, the more you don't know. And anybody that says that they know, it's like I I don't know, you know. It's kind of how I feel. But I do think that children are more open to it. And I haven't collected many stories, but, you know, maybe that could be my next book, Rob. You may have just given me that idea today. Well, I'm glad I've been able to help. All right, we're coming up to our first commercial break, so please stand by. Maureen, ExoNation, Maureen McGill is our special guest. Uh, She has an MA, a BFA. She is author. She's an author. She is an associate professor of theater and dance at Pacific Lutheran University in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, Her current book, Baby, It's You, Messages from Deceased Heroes, is published by Ozark Mount Publishing. The book recently won the American Authors Association 2016 Founders Award. The book is a collection of mystical and heartfelt messages from deceased heroes. The stories shared by widows, family members, and friends of the heroes confirm love never dies. And Maureen and I will be back on the other side of this break. As we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio and Simul TV. Don't go away. We'll be back shortly. Whatever you do, this is going to be an hour that will make you think. It'll also let you know that love never dies. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. 
That's www.bradolson.com. Nation, my guest is Maureen McGill. She is the author of Baby It's You, Messages from Deceased Heroes. A couple of websites here for you, babyitsyou.org and livefromtheotherside.com. Maureen, you were uh, telling me that you wrote a poem. Would you be kind enough to read it for us? Oh, I'd love to share that, Rob. You know, it's really about how the couples meet in Mm -hmm. real life and then how they meet now. There was a song in the 60s by the Reflections called Just Like Romeo and Juliet. I don't know if you remember that. Just Like Romeo and Juliet, all right now I'm speculating. Wonder what tomorrow's really going to bring. Just Like Romeo and Juliet. Anyway, this is the real, real situations in the book. We met in the laundry room in college. He carried my underwear to the dorm room. We met in high school at a wrestling tournament through my cousin at Walmart where we worked at a country bar on a Thursday night, at a nightclub on the dance floor. We met at a costume party with mask and a hat. On instant messenger, I was 17, he was 19, through his best friend Jeremy. In grade school, when he played on the playground, on Facebook, and we were married after one month of dating at the pawn shop. We met on a blind date on New Year's Eve in the convertible when I stopped for the red light and he pulled up next to me. We met at Burger King, where we worked at age 16. We met on a website called Hot or Not, where we exchanged photos. When he was a football player and I was a cheerleader. But now we meet now in my dreams, in the hallway when I smell him, in bed when I feel his skin touch mine, when I see his silhouette, his shoulders, his head, and how he held out his arms like he was holding a blanket. When the song comes on the radio at the restaurant or at church or in the elevator, when I find pennies on the ground or in the weirdest places, when the basketball bounces on the court and nobody's there, when I see him staring at me from the waist up when I'm in bed, when I find a Dutch key ring in the middle of the desert from him, when I meet the police officer who's wearing your memory bracelet, when I hear your voice saying, my son, when the kids see you standing in uniform on the porch, and when I find a heart-shaped sticker on a leaf, when the digital frame stops for no reason at your photo, and when he comes to me in my dream with a message, and when I hear his voice singing his favorite song, just like Romeo and Juliet, just like Romeo and Juliet. So they're just beautiful ways, you know, that he still connects to her, and uh, how that love just never dies. That is truly beautiful. Aw, thanks. You know, I just say, you know, it's all good and it's all bad and yeah. it's all ugly, but it's all so beautiful and it's everlasting love, and that's kind of what it is. You know, it just never dies. Let me ask you, how does this spiritual connection help those healing from grief and loss? Well, you know, it's just knowing that, you know, yes, the body is gone, mm-hmm. you know, but that there's still this connection that you still have. You know, some people just can be addicted to grief and never get out of that place. Yeah. I mean, you've met them. I'm sure you have friends from the past that even marriages that maybe dissolve or whatever, and, the, and right. one of the spouses yeah. can't get over it. You know, they can't move on. Well, that was the love of my life. I can't ever, I, I can't ever move on. I can't ever, you know, get to the next step. But sometimes these simple experiences help them to know that they can pierce that thread that, you know, yeah, they're still with us and they haven't gone. And maybe it's in a different way that they're with us, but, it helps us to heal, you know, but some people it can and some people it can't, you know, not everybody. Why is that? Why is it that some people receive these messages and others don't? You know, my sense about that is that, and this is just a philosophy, of course, if Mm -hmm. I had the answers, I think I'd be that man upstairs. But I think that sometimes that veil is just so thick. You know, we're down here and our grief is so heavy and they just can't pierce it. You know, he's, I'm saying that vibration, he's dead, he's gone, he's not coming back, you know. And and they're on the other side going, hey, we want to get through, we want to get through, but they can't. You know, I, I just think sometimes the, the veil is, is too thick or we're closed off, you know. And what you said before, you know, about the children, you know, yes. sometimes children can pick it up because they don't hold on to the emotions like we do. 
I well, really, you know, that's just a philosophy of thought. Who knows what the real answer is on that? But um, that's I kind of think that that veil can sometimes mm. just be too heavy and it just can't get through, you know? See, I believe that children have not been spoiled by society as much as adults have. They don't know the meaning of the word impossible or can't happen or it's not real. It's only fantasy. And I think that children are very perceptive because they... They love unconditionally. They have open hearts. They have open minds. And I think that, you know, many children uh, that I've had the pleasure of speaking to over the years, including my own, you know, they've talked about angels. They've talked about their special friends. Now, as an adult, I've never seen their angels. I've never seen their special friends. But that doesn't mean that they can't. Right. Yep, they're open to that. They yeah. have imaginary friends. How many go through life with their huge you know, imaginary friends? And yeah. sometimes they even meet that imaginary friend later in life. I remember I had an imaginary friend named Ellen all through my childhood. And then who do I meet who becomes the godmother of my daughter? Her name was Ellen, you know, later in life. Wow. And became a very close friend. But who knows, you know, they're just more open. I think, like you said, that vibration is faster. Yeah. They're younger. They're They're open to that unconditional love in that place that, they don't have any they don't have that restriction like we have you know vibrations play a major part in our life you know you have the new age uh, practitioners who talk about the vibratory uh, you know the different levels of vibrations and what good vibrations like the beach boys were singing about and then you've got the vibrations in music how does music play uh, you know what part does music play in these messages well, you know, I think we all respond, you know, in our hearts to music. Mm-hmm. You know, music is the pulse of our heart. Basically, it's the pulse, the, the heartbeat is the pulse of the, you know, of the downbeat really in music. And so there's a, there's an emotional connection that music can have for us. And they can take us on all kinds of roller coasters. It can help us to be inspired by putting inspiring music and help us to relax, to put on relaxing music. It can help us think through problems. It can, you know take us emotionally to different places. So I think that that vibration, that sound, is another way that the other side can sometimes pierce the veil for us and, you know, move through move through connection, you know, connecting to mm. us. I guess. When do you think is the best time for messages to come from those who have passed? Or is there just, it happens when it happens attitude? You know, Rob, I kind of think... It happens when I happen when it happens. You know, some cultures say, "Oh, you have to wait one year, and you know, before you try to you know make any connections with the other side." And then I, I have other friends who have this in- incredible gift, really, in mediumship, mm-hmm. where they can turn that radio signal right on and connect to the other side. You know, the day that they passed, I had a situation where a very close friend, he was a Vietnam veteran who died, and. Uh, I was with him at the time of his death with his uh, love of his life. We were in the room, and um, he had passed, and I walked outside into the garden because he lived kind of in the woods and had this lovely garden outside, and I walked outside for a minute, and I received a phone call right when I was outside in California, and this is in Washington. I was in Washington State, and it was um, from this friend of mine who has an incredible gift in mediumship, and she said, did your friend just pass over? And I said, as a matter of fact, he did. And she goes, well, he has a message for you. And he says, the message is to tell you that the light over here is much more vibrant than the light uh, than it is in his room. And what I was saying to him in the coma as I was stroking his head, I was saying, he was a painter. And I said, Bob, look up at that painting that's on your wall there, even though he was in a coma. I said, look at that painting that's in your wall. You know, the light that's in your painting it's going to be so much brighter when you get to that other side there. Wow. So here here it was seconds, or, well, minutes, really, mm-hmm. away from his passing, and she says, he has this message that the light over there is so much stronger. <laughs> like going, oh, my gosh, you know, tell us that it isn't real. And even if even doing this work and mm-hmm. hearing these near-death stories where these people go over and flatline and come back and tell the same story month after month and they don't know the person you know, ahead of them, you know, it validates it to me, you know. In, in your experience and having done the research that you have done, does one have to be spiritual to receive these messages? You know, I don't know if you have to use that word spiritual necessarily, okay. but I think they do have to be open 
they can't negate it. So many of us just want to negate it. Oh, that was just, Mm -hmm. that just happened to come on the radio or those pennies just happened to be in the car, even though they weren't in the car. You know what I mean? It's like, you just have to open up your eyes. You have to see, I have a friend who's a investigator for the state and he lives kind of in the woods and he has to kind of have this quiet time because his life during the day is so intense trying to solve these mysteries Mm -hmm. and crimes and all kinds of things for the state. And, and he says, you know, Maureen, if you don't listen to nature, you can't really hear the answer. And so many times he has listened to nature and being, and he's able to solve certain crimes. It's just remarkable, you know. So I, I know he told me one story that, you know, there was this child that had drowned in a, in a river here in the state, and they couldn't find the poor baby's body anywhere. And he said, I had done everything that I could to try to find it. And then finally he said, you know, I just stopped for a minute, and this, this had been going on for hours. And he just said, I stopped in silence, and he said, I listened to the birds for a minute. And I said, I followed this one bird. It was just, you know, chirping just so sweetly, and he went to the riverside, and there was the baby. It was like there was a little boy. So he said, you know, if I hadn't listened to nature, if I hadn't stopped for a moment and been in that place of silence, I couldn't hear that message, you know. So I maybe, yeah, you do have to be, you know, you do have to be connected in a way to nature, but do you have to be spiritual? I don't know, you know, if that's the word or not, you know. All right, Marine, please stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exxon Nation, Marine McGill is our special guest, and she is the author of the nonfiction book, Baby, It's Your Messages from Deceased Heroes. Website, babyitsyou.org. And Marine and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can always send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV, And to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. ABS Media Day. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. 
It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back, everyone. Maureen McGill is our special guest. www.babyitsyou.org and live from the other side.com. First of all, Maureen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Great pleasure talking to you. Um, I've had many guests on, on the show who have talked about the communications that they get while they're asleep in their dreams. Have you, during the, during the course of the research for your book and getting these stories, did anybody talk about communications in dreams? Yes, you know, I, I probably had the most incredible story that's in the book by a, a gold star mother. Her name is Nadia McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. Actually, she had quite a bit to do with for soldiers across the country and helping veterans after they came back from the war and housing them and, and really creating a, a foundation for them. But anyway... Her son, Patrick, you know, he had this body shop in California, and after 9-11, he decided to go into the National Guard and make a difference, you know, for his country, he decided wow. to go in. So anyway, uh, he survived three years uh, as serving in the National Guard, and and then uh, he had an unfortunate situation where there was a, an ambush, and, you know, he, was, he died in Iraq. And it was uh, shortly after his death uh, that Nadia had this pretty amazing experience with Patrick. In real life, Patrick had two children, you know, and um, and they were young children at the time of his death. Um, but he only, but he did have the two, and that was it, you know. So it wasn't long after his death that Nadia had this dream, and it was almost like it was a waking dream. You know, there's that moment sometimes yeah. when you're awake in the morning, but you're not awake. And uh, she has this experience where she actually sat up in bed and she saw Patrick right next to the bed and he was leaning into her and he had on his fatigues and he says to her, mom, my son. And she thinks, what? You know, and she kind of woke up suddenly from the dream and she thought, oh, my grandson, there must be something wrong. And she picked up the phone and the grandson, he goes, I'm just fine. I'm just fine. And then she said, Maureen, I went to bed the next night. And I had the same experience. She goes, there he was again. She could smell him. He's standing right next to her bed. He leans in right to her ears, and he says, my son. And so then she's really getting freaked out and thinking there's something got to be wrong with the yeah. grandson. There's got to be something wrong. So she calls him again. They talk for quite some time. Grandma, I'm just fine. I'm just fine. And then, Rob, she has a dream one more time. So it's the third time he comes to her exact same situation, leans into her ear, and says, my son. And so then she's absolutely, you know, kind of pacing the next morning. She can't figure it out. And she gets a phone call. And on the end of the phone call is this young man, and he's crying on the phone. My dad died in Iraq. My dad was Patrick McCaffrey, and he died in Iraq. And, all. and she, he's crying and crying. And so she finally gets this young man to calm down on the phone. And she goes, well, who are you? You know, you're not my, my son's son. I know you're not my grandson. And he said, I am. So this is what happened. Patrick had been in love with somebody in high school by the name of Monique, okay? And um, they had broken up suddenly. They were very serious, but they had broken up suddenly, and, and Nadia didn't know why. And Patrick actually didn't understand why Monique broke up, but she broke it up, okay? Patrick never knew, but Monique had a baby, oh and this gosh. was the son. This was, you know, 14, 15 years late. I guess it was 15 years later. And so Patrick never knew that he had a son. He comes to Nadia from the other side, you know, and tells her that I have this son. So Nadia, of course, meets this son, finds out that he looks like Patrick, number one. He orders the same food at the restaurant when they go to the restaurant that Patrick would have ordered. He had the same uh, football team, you know, the same football team that was his, you know, his heroes, sure. you know, that he, that he followed, that his dad did. 
And uh, his dad never knew that he had this other kid. Oh, my gosh. So isn't that remarkable that he comes from the other side to tell to tell Nadia that's the grandmother? And she mm-hmm. opens her heart and introduces him to his other half-brother and half-sister. So, I mean, was that amazing or what? I mean, she could have just, you know, negated the whole thing, but she didn't. That is truly amazing. How many stories are there in your book? Um, I think I have about, uh, let's see. <laughs> I think I have about... Uh, Oh, several here. Yeah, I think about 30, 37 stories or so. Okay, why well, I was Maybe asking. a little bit more than that, yeah. Why well, I was asking, because I wanted to ask you what your favorite story was and if you'd share it with us. Well, you know, probably that was one of my favorite stories, you know, of all. But um, okay. uh, there's another story that I loved as well. Um, let's see. Um, I love Joseph and Angie. Angie was a student of mine uh, at the university uh, at Pacific Lutheran, and I taught a class called Relaxation Techniques as well as teaching dance at the university. And we were doing one of the meditations one day, and she was kind of crying and sitting in the room and really feeling upset. And I, I went up to her and I said, what's, what's going on? And she said, well, you know, the soldiers are coming back today, but but my husband is not coming back. So he had died, you know, in, oh. uh, in war in Iraq. And so we stayed in touch over the years, and um, she said that, you know, she just loved him to, de- to death, and she was so upset mm-hmm. about him, but she really feels like he he came to her in a dream at one point, and um, he was telling her that he was okay, and that, um, you know, and that he was sorry for any dis- arguments that they had had, because they had had some arguments before he left, and, he, and she said, you know, when I had that dream, it was like a waking vision that... Um, you know, that he was going to be okay, you know, and that when he came to me like that and he said that, you know, I'm not hurt anymore, I'm okay, don't worry about me, you know, that was something that that really, you know, kind of gave her some comfort. So that was one of my favorites because it was so close to home and I was able to see her kind of experience that in the class when she, you know, sat up and said, I don't know how I'm going to move on. But then it was after that that she told me she had this dream where he came to her and said, don't worry about me, I'm going to be okay, you know. Did you find that in some of these stories the... The, the hero, once they were sure that everything was okay on this side, that they didn't uh, go back and, and uh, you know, communicate with the other person? I think so. I think you're right. You know, I think that that, you know, gave them the, the sense that they can, you know, that they can't, they can know that they're okay. And that grief is kind of, that veil is kind of lifted, you know, mm-hmm. is lifted from them. You know, I had a remarkable story about 9-11, this firefighter. And uh, he was uh, missing, you know, after 9-11. And I considered, you know, those heroes as well in oh, my book. Time. I had a couple big stories time. from 9-11. Yeah. And his, he loved to bake. He just loved to bake whatsoever. And um, his sister, they, they, they finally found his ashes, I guess, and they put him, they put him in a crypt there in, uh, in Staten Island. And um, his sister went into the crypt one day, and all she could smell in that room was, in that kind of mausoleum, was uh, the smell of chocolate chip cookies. And uh, she knew that that was her brother because he loved to bake. He was a chef, and he loved to cook, and that was something he did with his mom in the late afternoons when he was growing up even. So here his sister had, you know, had that incredible fragrance. And he also wore this real distinctive cologne, and um, his mom was driving, I think, from uh, New York to Florida one, after his passing, and uh, she smelled his cologne several times in the car. So she said, you know, Maureen, I know that he was with me. So those those are some stories that I love. I, I just love it when the the message is so pure, you know. It's so real, kind of. They are wonderful stories. They truly are. Um, what is your opinion about experiences some people have where their loved ones who have died often come back looking younger and disease-free? Well, I think it's kind of like going back to that... Um, to that idea that the vibration is faster mm-hmm. over there, like we are when we're youthful. You hear about in the near-death people, they talk about it just being so full of light over there and that there's just this sense of peace and, and uh, gosh, there's nothing to worry about yeah. and, like, everything is kind of lifted. Then I feel that that vibration is almost faster, and that's why they would come back in a more youthful way, that they can be in that place of celebration. They're not in those wounds anymore, those illnesses or those sicknesses. Well, maybe there is a time if they committed a bunch of crimes here or whatever in terms of what happens to them over there. Maybe there's a waiting period that they go through or a kind of 
school that they go through. Who knows? I mean, I always say, the more you know, the more you don't know, you know? What about reincarnation? Uh, do What happens if somebody does believe in reincarnation and that person or that soul, that, that loved one is reincarnated? Does the communication stop? You know, that's a really interesting point. You know, I haven't really thought about that too much, but I don't yeah. think it stops because I don't think we can think about it linear. Like, we can't think about it as just, like, just linear. I think that they, the consciousness right. and ex- it goes on. You know, there's a kind of expandedness. But, you know, that's certainly not my area and something I better study soon because I'm being asked it. But I kind of don't. I think that the awareness extends beyond that, so it's not considered linear. So they, they could still communicate even though there was a reincarnation going on because it's like it's an expanded consciousness. It's not a linear kind of thing. Does that Would that make sense to you? It does. It, it does. But I was just wondering if you had and heard any stories where somebody came back, you know, that reminded the the um, the spouse of the hero who was on the other side about them. You know, you know I haven't had it per se, but I mean, their children would certainly yeah. when they're when you know their children have those you know genetic characteristics, and they'll say that you know he, he did the same thing my hubby would have done or whatever, but. You know, is that just genetics, or is that is he picking up, you know, the spiritual energy of his dad who went over? I, I don't know, but um, I haven't I haven't collected those yet. But that's like an interesting idea there. Mm. You've got me thinking there, Rob. That's a good idea. Just wondering, just asking. Yeah, that's all. Um, you and I have to take our final break for this hour. Please stand by, Marine and Exonation. Marine McGill is our guest, and she's the author of the nonfiction book Baby. It's your messages. It's it's you messages. Is it you messages? Baby, it's you messages oh. from deceased heroes. All right. A little typo error on the sheet that they sent me. No problem. I'm glad that we got that out of the way. Mess. All right. So exonation is baby. It's you.org and live live from the other side.com. The name of the book is Baby, It's You Messages from Deceased Heroes, published by our good friends at Ozark mountain publishing and marine and i will be back as we wrap up this hour here in the exome from our broadcast center in hamilton ontario canada my name is rob mcconnell don't go away you have heard of the exome now watch it on simul tv plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games, No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. 
It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork, we'll take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Maureen McGill is my special guest, Exxon Nation, and uh, she has an MA, a BFA. She is an author, is an associate professor of theater and dance at Pacific Lutheran University in Tacoma, Washington, and she's been there for over 38 years. Her current book, Baby, It's You, Messages from Deceased Heroes, is published by Ozark uh, Mount Publishing. The book recently won the American Authors Association 2016 Founders Award. Congratulations on that, uh, uh, Maureen. Thank you so much. And a shout out to Reverend Bill McDonald, who wrote the foreword for my book. He's written a book about spiritual warriors, and he's a fantastic storyteller, Vietnam veteran who's who shouldn't be alive, really. He's had many near-death experiences, and boy, what a great spiritual warrior he is. And uh, Maureen also serves as an advisor, Exonation, on the board of directors for the Seattle chapter of International Association of Near-Death Studies. Two websites, www.babyitsyou.org and livefromtheotherside.com. First of all, Maureen, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing these stories with us. And, uh, you know, like I told you during the commercial break, uh, you know, you're mending hearts. And people who help people like you're doing are very rare in this world of ours. So thank you for being there. Uh, you're so welcome. Um, any more poems that you would like to share with us? Oh, you know, I have a couple of poems in okay. here that I really feel kind of hit the heart for um, for these warriors. And let me get my, my last poem here. You sure. know, one of the ways we didn't talk about that they communicate sometimes from the other side are through coins. Coins? Some people will find coins, and they'll find pennies kind of in the weirdest places. So this little poem is about, about that. How often your heart drops pennies from heaven, each day found in the car, on the counter, in the elevator, on your grave. I see lovers walking silently on sidewalks, Pennies shine on dark and sunny days. I know it's you, smiling, hugging, kissing me from heaven. So pennies, coins, they can be in the weirdest places sometimes. And these widows have, have really had some remarkable experiences, you know, in the, on the dashboard mm -hmm. or one of the little little daughters. They were on the way to Washington, D.C. For, for the widow to receive some kind of award, and she didn't have the right... I don't know, formal gown on or something, the little child. And so they made her go back, you know, this protocol, they made her go back to the hotel to get this gown. And so the mother was rushing with the child. They were in the elevator, and the little girl looks down at the mom, and she goes, Mommy, don't worry, Daddy's with us. And she picks up like a whole series of pennies in her hands. And the dad had kind of communicated with pennies before. So, you know, it was just kind of a sweet thing that, that, um, that they connect with for their loved one, you know. It's kind of neat. Do you have another story you can share with us? You know, I poem. do have a story, and it's kind of a neat story. It's a, okay. called A Message from Grandpa. And this uh, particular airman was a, a lieutenant airman, Andrew, from the uh, Royal Air Force over mm -hmm. in England. He gave me this story, and it was a, um, he, was, he said, Six years ago, I was stationed in Iraq, Iraq for about four months. And he loved to listen to this song. I drove all night by uh, Celine Dion over and over during the time he was there. He said, I drove all night to get to you. I crept in your room. I woke you from your sleep. You know spirit is not very far from us. And he just loved that song. Mm -hmm. you know? But anyway, here he is in the middle of the desert, okay? And it was a very hard, hot, dusty day. And he was really missing his family and his friends. And he was walking in the desert, and he was with his, on his, with his boots on, you know, in the sand. And he said, Maureen, I literally stumbled upon something under my feet in the middle of the desert. And he reached down because he could kind of feel this metal thing in the, in the sand. And he found this very small key ring. And the key ring was a Dutch clog in the sand. So, you know, those little Dutch shoes that yep. are clogs. 
and he was absolutely taken back because he, he said, I was 3,000 miles from my home in England, and I was 100 meters from the room I was sleeping in, and I felt my grandfather's presence because he said I could smell him. Because, you see, both of his grandfathers were Dutch, and for him to find a clog in the sand that far away from home was extraordinary. His father owned a restaurant called Clog's Men. Oh, my gosh. And his mom, who at 70, owns a pub, and it's full of these pints, you know. But there's a whole collection of clogs on the wall. So his whole family was from Holland, you know. And, you know, he said, I was in that place of kind of desperate. I was really feeling sad, and I really missed my family. And he goes, all of a sudden... In the middle of the desert, you know, is this key ring with this clog on it. And he said, you know, I had no doubt that my grandfather was with me. You know? So that was kind of cool. Isn't that? <laughs> these are just wonderful stories. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So so what? what is, what are you going to be doing next? What is your next project? I mean, besides well, co-hosting you know, with our good friend right, Joyce Keller. You just gave me my yeah. next project here, but I am working on a docudrama. I'm hoping to take one of the stories from the book mm-hmm. and... Uh, try to make it into a film or at least propose a film or some kind of a TV series. And I've been working on it and I'm taking the steps to do that and writing the drafts and getting the photographs together and kind of seeing where we can go with it. So I'd like to, to bring this awareness to, you know, to every day, because I think that all of us experience it if we can just be open to it. And the more visual, the more visuals we have on it, I think the more it make it becomes real for us. I understand you're an intuitive I've been working on it. I've been a co-host now on the Joyce Keller Show, which is on Wednesdays on Blog Talk Radio. And um, I work with a tool called the Tarot. So these are cards, and when you look at the cards, you have symbols on the cards. And each symbol um, has a meaning. And so it's taken off for me. It's uh, really taken off for me. I appear at intuitive arts fairs here in the Northwest. And like I said, I've been doing Joyce's show, and I have lots of clients. And I love the work. I find it's very healing. You know, some people might read tea leaves or, believe it or not, I've heard that they can take a look at chocolate and, and they could read chocolate. They took a chocolate bar from me one day and they put it down under the table and they broke it up in little pieces and they started reading my future. <laughs> so it's funny how, how you can use different tools to yeah. um, you know, uh, tap into that intuition. If I was going to have a, somebody read a chocolate bar for me, they'd look at me and say, the chocolate bar sitting is saying that you're going to be getting a lot fatter. Yes. <laughs> I think that'd be the case. Uh-huh. That chocolate bar is calling you morning, noon, and night, you know, because yeah. they have a little munchie. I'm a chocoholic. I love chocolate. Are you? I'm, oh, I'm yeah. afraid I'm in that club as well. Hey, I'm not the only member. <laughs> yeah, I'm in that club as well. Um, so, when I did write a beautiful poem about these heroes in 9-11, and I, I just love it. And Why uh, don't you read it for I us? I actually created a dance at the university around it, so I'd love to read that please. for you as well. Please, please. It's called Over and Over, and into dust they disappeared, moment to moment. Photos of faces imprinted on every sidewalk. They walk with us now in dreams, in visions, in smells, never to be forgotten, only to be remembered, over and over, year after year, and day after day. It was so impactful, you know, after 9-11, walking on those sidewalks for so many people and and seeing these images of all these people they were trying Mm -hmm. to find, you know. And I was just so impressed by by what that image must have been like in the dust and in the smoke, you know, of that of that ash that was in the in the streets of New York, you know. And and if you think all the streets of any kind of war, so it's a universal yeah. universal kind of image. Do you think that we're learning as a as a as a society? Are we learning from these past lessons? I hope so. I hope we're learning from them. You know, I, I just hope so. You know, we've got to think about peace in this world because without it, you know, we're not going to have a world. So yeah. I just hope we are learning. And, and I, I hope that, you know, the spiritual experiences that we have, we know that there is hope, that there is a life after life after death and that we can move on here, here in this world and know that love never dies. You know, it's only the body we cannot hold. My wife calls it the uh, soup, uh, the the. What's she call it? Craig, what does what does Laura call it? The meat suit. There you go. The meat suit. That the uh, meat suit. Yep. Yeah, that's what the body is. A meat suit. That's the meat suit. Yeah. I kinda like that. That's pretty good. Um Well When when you're talking to these people, uh, when you're doing your tarot card readings, uh, do you ever get messages from the other side for these people? Oh yeah. 
What I do, you... do get messages from the other side. I think it comes through in the readings. Yeah. And um, I can't say how the message comes. You know, it's sometimes it's hard for intuitives to analyze. You mm-hmm. know how that message comes. But uh, it's just there, and, it's, and the more I do it, the more it works. I know that Joyce has been a mentor for me, and she tells me that morning it's so there. She'll call me for readings for her own work. But, you know, the message just comes, and it comes in unusual times and unusual places. But sometimes when you have a tool, you can just focus right in on it, and the message comes through. Some readers, you know, will see, or they'll be clairsentience where they smell the mm-hmm. message. But some people just have a knowingness when the message comes through. Where can our listeners get copies of your book? You know, Amazon is the best place to get a copy for a baby. It's you, Messages from Deceased Heroes, published by Ozark Mountain Publishing. And it's available there on Amazon. It's also available from Ozark Mountain Publishing uh, directly. But, you know, it's the thrill of the song that comes on that radio and that touch in that waking dream or the voice that comes at the moment or the kids that see on the porch. And as that Janet Jackson song goes, that's the way love goes. We are together again at last. All right. Why don't you do us one little favor? Why don't you give us the websites one more time and uh, go right ahead. So the website for Baby It's You Messages from Deceased Heroes is babyitsyou.org. And again, the, the book is available on Amazon or, or directly from Ozark Mountain Publishing. Thank you so much, Ron, for having me on today and honoring our heroes it's, that have done so much for our countries. It is my great, pl- my great pleasure. And uh, once again, please give my very best to Joyce Keller. She's a sweetheart. She's wonderful. Take care of yourself, Maureen. And uh, I look forward to the next time when you and I meet here in the X-Zone. So until then, keep the great work up and congratulations on all your great work. Thanks so much, Ron. Bye-bye now. All right, ExoNation, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past as we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell. I'll be back. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com.
Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.